Tyler Smiley. And I'm John Morrison. And this is the Rooted and Grounded podcast, video style. Hey, Rooted and Grounded is a ministry of Lakewood Baptist Church that creates theological content to grow the church and our knowledge of God in order that we will grow in our love for Him and for our neighbor. Check out more at rootedandgrounded.co. Well, this is weird. I can see you. Well, you know, no one could ever see us. So it always felt like we were in a different room for them. So the fact that we're in different rooms now really doesn't change the experience for anyone else but us. It's it's fun. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how this goes. Interesting. The the word of choice for COVID-19. Interesting. Well, hey, you know what I think will be fun? We should call someone. We should do a video chat with someone and see how that goes. Social distancing style. You want to do it? Yeah, who do you have in mind? I think we should call Dr. Tom. Well, he's certainly not doing anything right now. So, I mean, what can a pastor do during the middle of a pandemic when you're self, uh, self-distancing, self social distancing? Surely nothing. I mean, I can't think of anything. Let's, let's see if we can get him on. Oh. There he, he is. is. We're on live with Dr. Tom. Thanks for joining us. Well, this certainly beats the smoke signals that we used to use in Gum Branch. You know, what, one of the things I, I'm really interested in is Gum Branch. And what was it like, if you had to describe Gum Branch when you were growing up in like two sentences, what was Gum Branch like? Not now, but then when you were growing up. Um... Uh, Tom Sawyer. There's always, there's always a, always an activity to do. Always uh, something to get into. Always something to explore. Always uh, rats to kill in Mr. George's chicken house. Or we could go seining in the swamp. What go what in the swamp? Seining. I don't know. I don't that's, know when that you, that's when you'd get uh, about three or four guys and you'd get a big net and you stretch it out in a line and you'd walk together in the swamp and you try to just hem up or catch up whatever fish or crawdads or snakes or alligators was in that, uh, in that area. It's called okay. staining. Did you and do a lot of that growing up, Tyler? Staining? Um, no, no, zero actually of that. There was, that seemed to, and there was the what, occasional uh, kind of swimming fight at the mill pond. Oh, okay. None of those seem to be activities that I participated in growing up in Gainesville. No, they pretty much went by the wayside. <laughs> there were good old days, though. And hey, Tyler, I, has, Tyler, could you confirm for the audience that Gum Branch is an actual place? Uh, I know it, sometimes, Dr. Tom, you don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. So we do want to confirm that Gum Branch does exist. It does exist. Okay. It's there. I've You've seen it. You've been there. Okay. All right. And, and actually, it's Gum Branch is the more metropolitan area. We actually <laughs> lived in Smiley Crossroads at Gum Branch. That's, yeah. Has Gum Branch changed since you left? Uh, the houses have just gotten a little nicer. Oh. You know, we're not any longer in the the farm, the wooden frame farmhouses. Most of people are building, you know, brick houses. 
Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, you know, one of the things where John and I are doing here, new uh, approach to podcasting, doing some video stuff in the midst of this COVID-19 virus situation, it's sort of changed things up a little bit for how we're operating as a church. And I don't know. So what, when you reflect on coronavirus, current situation, how do you think about this? Do you have anything to compare it to? I mean, what is this like? What has this been like? Wow. By the way, why don't I have a big microphone like y'all have? <laughs> y'all have nice microphones. I don't have anything like that. We're trying to make ourselves sound and look as good as you do. <laughs> uh, I, I've never, in 42 years of ministry, I've never experienced anything like this. There's nothing to compare it to. I, I'm, I'm guessing this would have been a lot like ministry during the Great Depression hmm. as far as the pressures that um, churches and pastors felt is my guess. You know, we, I've had the 9-11 issue that was hard locally here. You know, we, we actually hosted the funeral of one of the uh, persons uh, that was killed in the Pentagon, Edna hmm. Stevens, Miss Edna Stevens. Her daddy was a pastor, great man. But I don't think there's anything to compare this COVID-19 to. Yeah. Not in my ministry. What's been the so hardest? What, yeah, I was going to say, what's been the hardest part about this for you? And what makes it so different from everything else at, from, from a pastoral standpoint? Um, I think, you know, it's just the, the, the leadership, the organization uh, that's required. I mean, mm. plus there, and you can't get to your people. I mean, you can't touch your people. And, you know, I've had, we've had four funerals that I should have been able to get to or to go touch and hug and love and pray. I've got a wedding now that's been postponed to just me, the bride, the groom, their respective immediate families in the backyard. Hmm. I mean, that's the hardest thing. You know, we've always, you've often heard people say, as a joke, I mean, obviously, we would kid around and say, if it weren't for the people, ministry would be a great business. Yeah, you kind of got that uh, right now. It is the people that make the ministry. I mean, that's what makes the ministry, and that's what we miss the most. Yeah. What have, what's been the message you're trying to get across to your church? I mean, we know most of the people probably watching this are Lakewood folks, so they've read your emails, seen your notes, but what if there's someone out there and they're trying to figure out he's a pastor and he's trying to figure out how do I lead my church through this? What has been, what has been the message that you wanted to get across to, to our folks at Lakewood? Well, for me personally, I'm trying to convey to our people uh, hope, confidence. I, I want them to know that, you know, as a staff, we are working, we are preparing, uh, you know, we're on it. We're, we're trying to dot the T's or dot the I's and cross the T's. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. We're just trying to convey a sense of, uh, you know, confidence. Yeah. People need confidence and, and they need hope, not false hope, but I guarantee you, we're going to get through it. 
one way or the yeah. other. I mean, either Jesus will come back and we'll all be in heaven or, or we'll get it fixed. Yeah. Well, I, I think what you said about hope and false hope is so true uh, because we could just sort of lie or try to convince ourselves nothing's going to change, but you know, a lot has changed. But what we, what we're really trying to communicate to our folks is first of all, none of this is surprise God. And even if things look a little bit differently on the back end than they did when we were coming into this thing, he's, he's still God. Our hope is still on, on Jesus and he's what, what doesn't change. And I think that's, that's the true hope, not some, false sense of well don't worry nothing will be different i mean it may be a little bit different i think you and john who i consider to be our resident theologians um i think y'all gotta try to address or answer the question for our people and for christians in general um some of the why i mean we, we we don't know much of the why but people have questions about it like for instance i tell people you know, all the time that sometimes God chooses to heal us in this world, and sometimes God chooses to heal us in the next world. That's about the extent that I'm able to explain. But there are questions, you know, like is this is could this be part of God's judgment uh, on on our nation, on our people? I mean, it's obvious that as a nation, in my opinion, looking at what's going on in this world, that there are lots of things that are displeasing to God. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think you have to be honest about that. I mean, people are wondering about that. They're questioning that. You know, I've had people say, is this the beginning of the end time? You know, are we going to hear the trumpet next? You know, is this a cycle? Well, you, know, you guys need to address that a little bit. I'm not. Yeah, yeah John, you should address that. <laughs> I'll address it all. The director of theological training should write a pamphlet on that. Oh, uh, I'll get right on it. Get right on it. But I do think, you know, no matter the answer to those questions, this sort of the response that we're called to is the same as trust in Christ. I mean, these these opportunities that recognize, I mean, that bring out our own mortality, that cause a lot of fear. You know, whatever the reason for them, it's they're all pushing us towards the Lord. And I think that's how we respond. Trying that's, to a great, that's a great answer. That's why I love you guys. I mean, that's a great answer. I mean, that, that is perfect. Because here, here's, here's, you know, what I tell people. I, people ask me over the last 40 years, you don't know how many times I've been asked, well, why? Why? Mm. Why? You know, why, why did this happen? Why did this happen? And my answer, not to be flippant, is, well, you, you know, if you knew why, you still wouldn't like it. Right. I mean, if God said, okay, this is why, well, you still wouldn't like it. So I don't know. That's even, I mean, I think that's a question we ask out of our humanness. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to have the spirit of Job and you know, Job, though he slay me yet will I serve him. That's the spirit we have to have. So is this God's judgment? Is this cyclical? Is this the fact we live in a fallen world? Is it because sin abounds? Well, here's the deal. No matter what, be faithful. Yeah. When I think about the the answer Job gets at the end of the book is not really the answer why, but it's God's in control. Yeah. It's who? It's who is God. And y'all have done, both of y'all have done a great job uh, in these last 
several weeks. Tyler's messages and John, mm-hmm. your prayers uh, have been powerful. And and John, I mean, honestly, your your prayers are a little lengthy, uh, but but, <laughs> but I, the good news is I, I did have someone say the other day that that as you were praying, they were thinking, you know, by the time John gets done with this prayer, the pandemic may be over. Well, you know, you put a microphone in front of me. I'm a good Baptist preacher. I'm just going to keep going. Uh, that is the danger you had. I did study the Puritans, and that was that's a short Puritan prayer. So, uh, I just want to say, John takes very seriously Scripture's call to pray without ceasing, and he wants to implement that in every opportunity he gets. So I'm, just, if, I'm trying to make up for all those people services. People are not being biblical. All right, well, we will get through the coronavirus, and we'll we'll be on the other side of this at some point along the way. And one of the things coming up on the other side for you is more of a full-time retirement. Okay. So wait, 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 about what that, do you mean more of a full-time retirement? Are you insinuating that he is partially retired right now? I'm insinuating that apparently this is going to roll out in stages. Oh, okay. And the that baton be time- is being gradually uh, released. I mean, it's, you know, just think of it like a, but holding a baton, you know, I'm just, like I was at the very end, now I'm about three quarters of the way, then I'm going to be kind of halfway, and then I'm going to be holding on to the very, 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 very end. You know, I know I don't know how your retirement account's doing, but I have noticed that Tyler and Katie have a very nice basement that you and Terry might be able to move into if need be. Might be necessary. <laughs> We're, we charge very little rent, but we could use a few extra bucks here and there to buy the gallons of milk we go through every week. All right. So you're thinking about retirement. I mean, and that's the context of even a lot of our folks at Lakewood. What are you anticipating your retirement will be like? How will you use your time? What, how do you think you'll, uh, what do you think you'll do on a daily basis? How do, how do you anticipate that? Well, I'm really, really navigating that really. I'm, and by the way, you know, I'm getting a lot of advice. I've been asking a lot of my friends, uh, a lot of my friends who've retired, in the last two, three, or five years, I've been getting some great advice. You know, here, here's some advice I've gotten that you might find strange, but when you analyze it, it makes pretty good sense. My friend said, when you fully retire, you know, when you don't go into the church and you don't have a paycheck coming from anywhere, when you fully retire, say no to everything for at least the next six months because you will be you will be asked to do a lot of things by a lot of people who need a lot of help. And so for the first three to four to five to six months, just kind of use that as a time to assess what your interests are and what's available and what's out there. I don't know. I, I have moved back and forth. I've been doing ministry. Now remember I was, I was ordained to the gospel ministry as a pastor of a local church in 1980. Hmm. Two years prior to that, 78, I was an interim pastor in my home church, Gum Branch Baptist Hmm. Church, at the ripe old age of about 16 and a half. So I've been doing full-time church pastoring really since 1978, 1979. So I've moved back and forth. I mean, do I want to continue to do something relative to ministry or do I want to do something totally different that I've never been able to do before? I mean, would I like to go into 
law or politics or business or management? Or do I want to stay in the realm of ministry through mentoring or speaking? That's really my biggest dilemma right now. That's the question I'm really trying to answer. Yeah. Well, just a, I mean, a little bit of an observation uh, coming from someone who's more on the front end than the back end of, of that conversation, that there will certainly be more time for leisure activities, hobbies, fun things to do, time with your family. But what I really appreciate about your focus is what, how am I going to use that sort of productively to help or encourage other people? which is not always the most common approach to retirement. A lot of times folks think about retirement and they think about, I'm, I'm unconnecting with everyone. I'm never going to do anything again. It's all going to be sort of, what do I want to do? And how can I just please myself for the next 20 years or however long I have left? And what I really appreciate about your, your approach there is, well, how can I use the time I have to serve the Lord or how can I use it to do something that would be beneficial to others or, or others focused, even though certainly there'll be more time for you to maybe play tennis or whatever it is you're, you're going to keep doing. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm learning now the ukulele. Okay. Uh, so I've, I've got one that's supposed to arrive Saturday. And um, so I've got a ukulele coming. I've already been listening to some online lessons. I mean, I know two chords now, C and uh, C major. And how are you practicing the chords without the actual instrument? I'm just kind of pretending I'm hold, holding okay. my hand up like this and kind of envisioning the, you know. Do you think on Sunday you'll be able to lead us in worship with the ukulele or should we expect that in two Sundays? <laughs> it will be, a, and if I got to get my ukulele first, so if, I mean, if it comes Saturday, I might be ready Sunday. You got you got to be ready this Sunday. There's only happen. four. There's only four strings. That's why I picked it. I googled <laughs> easiest instrument to play. Um, and that uh, ukulele one out over the recorder. Yes. Oh right. wow! Actually, the recorder was up there pretty high too. Oh, yeah. Um, I learned hot really cross buns do, on the recorder. I really wanted to do the saxophone. Yeah. But another pastor has that covered pretty well in the area, so. I don't know of any pastor right now who's playing the ukulele. So, <laughs> you, you, you have could the be market locked down already. I'm, I mean, and, and the first song I want to play and sing is Tiny Tim's Tiptoe Through the Tulips. <laughs> well, I think we have your retirement pretty well mapped out at this point. It's uh, on tour, on the ukulele tour. But, but to be serious about my retirement, I think the only thing that I – the, what I am looking forward to uh, is the less structured schedule. That, that's real. So I, I'm not thinking that I want to just lay around the house, play tennis and golf. And I, I, I'm, that's not really on my radar. I, I am looking for just a less structured schedule because I have been on a very structured Believe it or not, most people think, what, we work two days? Well, they think we work a day and a half a week, all day on Sundays and half a day on Wednesday. But we really do work more than that. Yeah. And for 40-plus years, I've been on a very structured schedule, if mm -hmm. nothing else, on call. Right. I mean, in my mind, I'm always on call. It, I mean, someone's death doesn't matter if it's a Saturday and that's your day off or not or someone's tragedy or someone's crisis. So 
people don't realize that pastors, hmm. they may have a designated day off, but I, so I'm just looking for a less structured environment and see how that goes. I, I do also, I want to help young pastors by just loving on them and encouraging them. I don't have the answers, but I can tell them what I messed up, where I messed up. Well, I know you've got a million things to do and so thankful you took a few minutes of your time to chat with us. Now we're going to post this uh, somewhere on the podcast or <laughs> whatever we can piece together. Edit, edit freely and very, very carefully. I, I don't want to come off looking bad. It, we'll, we'll, we'll make it look good. Don't worry. Y'all, I will tell you, I love y'all's podcast. I mean, y'all really, really do like each other. I mean, for the most part, yeah. <laughs> I think so. And John, did you uh did you take great joy in watching Tyler do this uh mental gymnastics for the last five years in his PhD, knowing what it was for you when you were doing it? Uh I don't know that joy is the right word. I think just telling him that it was ridiculous what he was trying to do uh was more my comp like, no, this is really crazy that you're trying to pastor or do a PhD and have a family of five. This, this is sort of crazy. So, that was more my encouragement through the time. John's encouragement's funny that way. It's uh, good. Well, I love Always you Always welcomed. Y'all have, y'all, your podcast is great. I and mean, absolutely great. Absolutely. That's very kind. Well, thank you. That's kind. Well, thanks for being with us today Bye. and uh, get back to work and we'll, we'll see you again soon. Thanks for your time. Bye. Take care. Bye. Thanks. See you.